0: You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And sorry for missing last week, I was ill, Ian's got whooping cough or some other Victorian illness it feels like it yeah and so we did have to miss a week i'm very very sorry however we are coming back not only with a new episode but also with a bit of a request we've been doing this podcast now for nearly two years and certainly we plan on the show being here in two more years and one of the challenges of podcasting as some of you will probably know is data Uh, to give you some clarity we know how many downloads we get we know information about where you are and we know what you tell us on the reviews and in emails and things but we don't get a great deal of other information and for next year and onwards it would be really really helpful to have Just some idea about how you guys are listening to the show, why you listen to the show, what you like, what you don't like, um, and the kind of devices that you're listening on, which might not sound important, but some people, for example, might listen to a show on their phone and their tablet and their PC, and that might count as three downloads, but you're only one person and we don't know that. So we're launching a little listener survey to help us understand anonymously, no names, no emails, nothing needed, about how you listen to the show, And it's worth pointing out that the, the, you know, this show exists because we we love doing it. Um, But it does take, I would say, over the course of an entire week, somewhere between about eight and 10 to 12 hours. You know, so we're talking at least a full additional working day through the week. And we've never wanted money or anything like that or even adverts. But we do need just a little bit of your time and hopefully it'll only take you a couple of minutes to do this so there's going to be a link in the description of this mp3 so if you see that on your podcasting app hopefully there should be a clickable link that you could just go through it's a simple little google form um, if you can't see it on the app, then we will have a link to it in the show notes at natelangston.com podcast. This is episode 77. So have a look for it in there. We're not going to be tweeting it because at the moment we'd quite like to get the first batch of entries from people who are listening to the show. So this is exclusive to you guys hearing this right now. Uh, link in the show notes or at nate.langson.com, You can find it there. Please, 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 it would mean an enormous amount if you could fill this in. We'll remind you again at the the end of the show, um, and we'll probably put out just a little message uh, as a standalone over the next couple of weeks as a a bit of a reminder. But um, if you could do that, that would be – it would be delightful. However, other things that are delightful include the news. And (laughs) this week, it has come as very little surprise that the Snoopers Charter, a.k.a. the Investigatory Powers Bill – has received the blessing of Her Majesty the Queen, uh, meaning the government's sweeping surveillance rules that will require internet and phone companies to store huge records about things we do online and with a phone will be stored for 12 months. They're going to now become law next year. Now, we're not going to go over the nuts and bolts of the bill because we did that. In a couple of weeks ago in episode 76. So check that out for full explanation. But we thought we should nod that it's got the royal assent. But there was also a little bit of nugget of a little nugget of news that came out this week on the register. And the story is that if you remember back when it was probably a few years ago now, two or three years ago. Courts decided to force ISPs to block file sharing sites like the Pirate Bay, kick ass torrents, that sort of thing. At the time, that only affected major ISPs, the ones that could justifiably maybe afford to implement some of these filters. So that was TalkTalk, Talk, Virgin, BT, those sorts of people. The smaller, the little ISPs, the independents, they didn't necessarily have to follow these orders. And it seems like the same may be true for the data retention order. So this story on the register earlier this week did suggest that the government, quote, probably won't force internet service providers um, with no history already of working with intelligence services into retaining internet records, because some do already, um, which is which is a nice little nod to a potential way out of this horrendous spying bill. And this actually came from no less than the Home Office. There was a gentleman called Chris Mills who was speaking at the Internet Service Providers Association conference sounds fun and he is a former ip bill manager at the home office and he said the important thing is if we are not already talking to you that's a small isp about internet connection records we probably won't be and he went later said it will not affect every ISP far from it. That is a direct quote Now he also noted that the government provides uh, like a cost recovery allowance for providers um, who 've had to change their networks, you know install huge numbers of servers of hard drives and stuff in order to comply with these new powers, which some people have said. Uh, studies and reports have suggested this might cost the taxpayer about £2 billion per year. And Chris Mills noted that it's not in the government's interest um, to ask all ISPs to do this uh, huge sweeping retention order because they're going to have to potentially cough up the money for it.
1: So I think this is the perhaps the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, because essentially what they're doing is saying, hey, people who have something to hide... Uh, get yourselves on one of the smaller ISPs that we haven't heard of. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is, if you're really trying to catch criminals, you can't really make the assumption that they're using Virgin or Sky. It, it, this just baffles me. Uh, and yeah, I get the uh, i get the fact that they're um, expensive, and that is, uh, yeah, that's a huge problem. But that's one of the many reasons that we shouldn't have gone down this route and we shouldn't have to provide this data to the government it it is a stupid waste of money that will generate far too much information that will be
0: useless and there's not going to be any clarity exactly on which ISPs like they're not going to broadcast i don't think they'd even be allowed to broadcast join us because we're not part of the data retention program um that would be difficult but it will create an interesting di- um division if this goes ahead exactly as Mills seems to think that it will, um and we'll have to keep our eye on it, but listeners, let us know because that's the real reason to be talking about this is to find out from a large number of people, would you move i s p s and do you think that people other people would move i s p s in order to get around this bill? I think if I was a terrorist, i would i don't think I would because first of all, I've
1: got nothing to hide, and that doesn't mean I want them to look at all my stuff uh, but I like having 200 meg downloads. Um, if I if my was, my entire sort of thing was blowing crap up, then I think I might take a serious look at getting a, a new ISP.
0: Well, let us know if you would as well. Podcast at NateLangson.com. We had an interesting email come in from an anonymous listener who said slightly tangentially maybe to the key points here. Uh, regarding the Snoopers Charter, I can only say one thing. The older police operatives and MPs who will be looking into the databases will have a whole new world of adult content open for them. I hope to see new statistics along the lines of what tastes teens in Yorkshire have in porn versus the Portsmouth or London teens. I can see some quite interesting studies about urban and rural porn interests, etc. I
1: was going to say, there's really no need to do this because the Pornhub already does very in-depth uh, ana- ana- analytics. On porn consumption, doesn't it, Ian? Please
0: tell me more about this. I'm actually oh. not familiar. Well, I know. I mean, have you
1: not? Um, have you never seen the uh, the porn hub? Uh, it's like a they've got like a corporate blog, and they do huge amounts of research. In fact, as a as a relative uh, and relevant point. Um, do you remember when the UK government decided it was its business to ban the recording of certain kinds of pornographic acts in this country? Uh, Do you, so they, they, there were certain things, there were certain acts that they just defined as too extreme um, and they banned them. That You can still watch the video, but you can't shoot it in this country Mm. um so at around that time obviously the uh a Pornhub did a load of research and explained that those particular kinds of porn uh and and their popularity in the UK and believe it or not um I don't know we won't go too far into this but um I think it was specifically like spanking with a cane was very popular in the UK and that's uh, and and like much more popular than anywhere else in the world. Interesting. So yeah. So there you go. Just a little insight. If you if you're ever interested, it's um, it is on Pornhub. I think it's on Pornhub. Well, let me
0: let me. Just, I'll just help listeners out here, so you don't fall down the same rabbit hole that I just did. Don't type in Pornhub blog and assume that's the corporate blog Ian's talking about. Because I'm telling you <laughs> what I've just seen on. The first result for Pornhub (laughs) blog is absolutely not suitable for children. A related story that I thought we should flag and you may remember also a couple of years ago uh, the uh, bt and sky talk talk virgin media collective the big isps they were going to start sending quote unquote educational letters to customers believed to be downloading content illegally now this was the result of a deal struck with the bpi which represents the uh, the music industry in britain and also the mpa which is the uh, motion, the film industry For the same here. And the first letters were supposed to go out to users in 2015, but of course they weren't. But apparently, they are still going to go ahead with sending out these letters, although they may be emails, from early 2017. Thanks to a Torrent Freak report that I saw this week, we now know that these are allegedly going to be going out. And they're they're alerts and they're designed apparently to educate copyright infringers about legal alternatives, of course, in the hope of decreasing overall piracy rates over time. Now, no punishments or fines or jail terms or, you know, the FBI showing up at your house are going to be here. No threats of having your internet cut off. So these are passive, effectively harmless emails to say, hey, We've detected piracy happening. Here are ways you could avoid that. But uh, and this is all coming from the from this blog. We haven't been able to confirm this ourselves. But they are going to be showing you what was reportedly downloaded on your account. So if, for example, you were downloading the latest Hollywood blockbuster that would show up um and the same for music and one of the documents that i've read as to justify parents this
1: are going to be shouting at a lot of their children aren't they well
0: this is it this is one of the things that is meant it's meant to flag is that these accounts are usually held by the parents in this instance and so it might help educate the kids as to what they're downloading so if any of you are under 18 downloading torrenting stuff on an account run by your parents just be mindful your parents might get an email to let them know that that's that's happening i mean it seems a little bit like too little too late of course um but i don't necessarily think it's a terrible idea um i think that the 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 effectiveness of this is going to be extremely limited and it's another thing that can be prevented by either a torrenting stuff in the cloud b using vpn c using small isps i mean the list goes on
1: i mean i think it's it is the sort of best case way of trying to help educate people and i mean i don't i don't object to it as much as i do even say like i don't i don't agree with the high court ban on um, certain sites and there are lots and lots of sites in that high court banning list now Um, and not all of them are torrent sites it's being used as a way to block access to certain things Um, and it could be used to block access to any information at all like and then we're where are we we've got the you know the same situation as uh china uh but again a a vpn is a big help there isn't it? it gets you around all of that and it means you can see the information that you want to see but Yeah. I mean, in terms of education, I I don't have a problem with them explaining to people that, you know, piracy has a detrimental impact on
0: creative industries. Frequently in the past, we've seen these sorts of measures played out much more heavily against uploaders rather than downloaders. But the fact that this is targeting people to say, here's another way to get your content, as opposed to Please stop uploading. It seems to me that this is very much actually targeted at the downloaders rather than people trying to infringe copyright um, by sharing the the material. And that's why it's such a light touch, isn't it? It is it's because they, you know,
1: they they know that you're not going to win any support by chucking sixteen year olds in prison for downloading, you know, twenty of the latest movies that they couldn't possibly afford to see them the cinema, um, especially when they're probably seeing another three films a month in the cinema you know not you can't consume everything you'd like to when you're 16 legally because it's just too expensive
0: but we'll end that there we'll come back to this when we actually start hearing about these letters going out we don't expect them to be for several months yet but the promise is there that they will go out in the early part of 2017 so we'll check back (laughs) let's talk about mobile this is a favourite topic of ours. We've we've talked about Plusnet over the last couple of weeks, and indeed I believe Ian has, as a result of our conversation on a, a show a couple of weeks ago, signed up to Plusnet Mobile for his iPad.
1: I do. I have. Um, I've uh, I've got a SIM. I've got my 4 gig. I'm paying £10 a month. We're good to go. Wow.
0: So Ian's managed to jump in there just ahead of SkyMobile, launching yet another fairly compelling deal. And I wanted to just go over this briefly because we've just seen so many of these interesting new... Basically, business models for 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 mobile on the back of other networks. Sky Mobiles is going to be on the back of O2. Uh, Plus, nets was on the back of EE. It's four G, and the deal. There's one killer killer part of this deal, which we'll get to at the end. But to begin with, ten pounds a month will get you a gigabyte of data. uh Fifteen pounds a month get you gets you three gig of data. Twenty gig. Twenty pounds a month gets you five gig. So far. Not super compelling, but fine. If you want to add calls and texts onto that, because there are non-included, you pay for them individually, which is the complete opposite of EE, which just gives you unlimited calls and texts and assumes you'll use them, but obviously we know we don't. So for Sky, they're saying, look, you're probably not calling, you're probably not texting, but just pay per minute or whatever if you want to. But you can add unlimited calls and texts for an additional £10 onto that. But if you are a Sky TV customer, you get those unlimited calls and texts for free. So they're really aiming this, obviously, at, at skype people already. Here is the killer bit for me. Data rollover. Mm-hmm. There is no limit, apparently, to the amount of data that can be rolled over up to three years. Up to three years. So to put this in perspective, if you, say, take uh, uh, £10 a month for a gig, and you only use 100 meg of that every month for a year... You're going to roll over the effect the, uh, as much as nearly over 10 gig, let's say. Let's be fair about this. Over 10 gig of data you could carry over for the next year uh, or you could, you know, you could give that to one of the five other people that or f- four other people um, that can be on the same plan. So family members and they could use all of your data rolled over data from the previous year and it will cost you no extra. Now that to me, it's not quite game changer, but it is enough if they get significant uptake of this to make other networks think, hmm, maybe we should be offering data rollovers. And my God, do I wish they will, because it really annoys me. Whereas every month, almost every month, I never hit my cap of 20 gigs on Vodafone. The moment I go over that, I'm paying. But as soon as, do i get a refund if i don't go over it do i get to roll over even a gigabyte of that data into the next month no and i really think i should be able to even if it doesn't cost vodafone even if i don't use it it'd be very easy for them to just say roll over up to you know 50 percent of your unused data month, to well, month. i think
1: you know, i think you made an interesting point there because like you say you're, you're paying for extra if you go over um so and and you've bought the data because you've paid each month. So actually, y- your point is fair. They should either refund you the difference, or they should um, they should let you roll it over. I um, mean, you know, with uh, perhaps they could let you roll over half of it, or they could just say, okay, you got you get it for a year, and then it will start to come off again in you know in the order of the months it was added on or whatever. I don't know how you do that, but um, but actually, I think it's also slightly more interesting that uh, Sky is doing a family pack because. That is a sort of untapped market. I mean, there are other companies that do family packs, but they're usually not that great. Um so it'd be it'll be interesting to see. Perhaps this could be, you know, if you've got four in your family and you've all got mobile phones, it could be a huge saver, couldn't it?
0: Definitely, particularly if you just want to chuck a couple in iPads for you know, for for kids or, yeah. or, or what have you. Um, so I think that's compelling. I've got a couple of sort of analyst comments I just wanted to touch <laughs> upon here. Um, one, a gentleman called Paolo Pescatore from, he's a director at Multiplayer Media at CCS Insights, kind of an analyst house, um, said, overall, we are somewhat underwhelmed, underwhelmed by Sky Mobile's offer or Sky's mobile offer. We feel Sky has missed a trick by not placing greater focus on its biggest asset, content. Mobile network operators will breathe a sigh of relief that given Sky has decided not to go down the route of giving mobile away
1: they couldn't afford to do that could they i mean it you know mobile isn't free um in fact it's probably still one of the things that's relatively expensive because these networks don't maintain themselves do they
0: no um, so you're talking about basically but- that they're not saying hey uh stream all of your sky content to your mobile and it won't count against your limit
1: yeah but you can bet your bottom dollar that's going to happen
0: Mm, could do. I mean, I, I remember reading. Side, we we, we mean, weren't going to talk about this, but I did read in an Ars Technica story that Sky's doing something a little bit different with this. Like they're they're basically just using the airwaves of O two, but all the actual network back end they spent the last couple of years building out, so they can arguably offer that sort of service more quickly than a competitor could. Like they're they're tapping it into their own broadband infrastructure network. So that's
1: I mean well, that makes sense. They do have an extensive broadband network. So Yeah, with
0: CDNs, you know, content delivery network stuff, like those can be tapped straight into the mobile. So potentially that could well, occur down the then line.
1: That answers that that exactly says what I I just said. That I can guarantee you that within five years you'll be able to watch Sky you know, outside without any uh, accounting to your cap, probably.
0: And there was another analyst at USwitch, Ewan Taylor-Gibson, who said that it was very similar to what GIFGAF offers in that it uses O2's network and that it allows customers to increase or downgrade their plans uh, as they want. But the difference is, is that Sky ties you into a 12-month contract, which I think would stop you buying, say, the tw- the 5 gig of data and then rolling over data for the rest, of the, the rest of the year and paying very, very little. Whereas GIFGAF does allow you to go up and down uh, I think every month or or certainly oh, at any time.
1: So you can't change your Sky tariff monthly. You have to stick to it for 12 months. That's
0: right. And GIFGAF does yeah. £20 a month for unlimited everything, data calls and texts, um, whereas <laughs> Sky is currently caps out at 5 gigabytes. So the advantage in Sky is paying a little bit less, getting the unlimited calls because you're a Sky customer maybe and being able to do the data rollover um, as opposed to paying £20 every single month and never being able to use up all the data or rollover i don't know yeah. it's it's an interesting offer but it definitely feels to me like it's one for sky's customers but sky has millions of customers so if lots of people take advantage of this and cite the whole rollover thing as a big deal then i could definitely see a future point as i said earlier where other networks have to consider offering this as, a, as some sort of a perk um and i do dearly hope that they do but let us know if you have an opinion of this if you're signing up podcast at nate Let's touch really briefly on something that Ian spotted this week. Um, Some of you may start having your Virgin Media routers at home switched on to allow other people to connect to a a hotspot that your house is providing. Ian, do you want to fill us in?
1: Yeah, so I saw a complaint on on Twitter that was flagged because uh flagged as one of the very good reasons not to use your virgin media super hub in anything other than modem mode which is where you're basically it's just doing the communicating with the cable network you plug in your own router uh, and it means that the virgin hub isn't doing anything significant but when i dived more deeply into the complaint it it was more interesting than that and I, i you know i think it's worth touching on the service is hasn't launched yet um it's obviously being trialed at the moment. Uh, it's going to be pretty much like BT Fon. So you will uh, you'll opt in or opt out. If you opt out, you won't be able to use this network of nationwide Virgin Media hotspots. Uh, and if you opt in, you will be able to. But your broadband will be used uh, to provide that service to other people. Now it's a bit obviously a, it's a bit different to BT in that uh, Virgin has much more bandwidth available to you than you probably see. So it will probably not have such a detrimental effect as it might do on a BT hub. Well, let me just jump um, in there
0: because it sounds to me initially like it actually won't have any effect on your network at all because whereas with BT Fon, I've looked into BT's customer service portal and to to look at whether it eats into your bandwidth. So let's just say you've got a uh, 20 megabit connection. Will people using the BT Fon service eat into that? They say yes, uh, but that anyone using... Uh, But the the customer is always going to have priority over that bandwidth and and can effectively kick off a a random user. With Virgin, it's almost certain, I'm sure, that it's just additional bandwidth on the side because there's so much bandwidth in the cable. It's not going to eat into your 200 meg.
1: There is plenty of capacity because also, don't forget, that if you have uh, Virgin Media TiVo, that's exactly what's happening. The on-demand for things like iPlayer and stuff like that is all sent down a completely different route. Um, So you do not have to uh, worry about your broadband slowing down when you're using on-demand TV services through Virgin. So the network absolutely already has that in place and and absolutely works in that manner.
0: So the the end goal here, let's just put this in perspective, the end goal here is that basically if this pilot proves to be successful, we could see virgin media super hubs all up and down the uk all broadcasting a virgin media wi-fi signal for other people to use whether or not they're near any kind of existing wi-fi hotspot like a cafe or the london tube or a hotel or train station or something this could be you're walking down the street you need to look at wi-fi or download some pornography really quickly uh, <laughs> and uh as you do as indeed and you could just hop onto one of these and it won't affect the user it's a separate connection so there's no privacy implement uh problems there at all at least not that we know of and it may- and it won't be susceptible to like ip bill stuff so they're not going to spy on that and think that it's your data so if t- a well, terrorist is wandering a, down a your street assuming. googling bomb making uh menus or recipes or however bombs are made be honest i have no idea um th- that's not going to land on your data retention bill to be googled good so what's the problem I mean, that's a good thing right what's, well, what's the issue here
1: th- so i don't know i can see why people want to be in control of equipment that's in their house but it's opt-in i do understand or is it is
0: that the issue is it opt-in well
1: it's well it's not opt-in mm. no because it because on our well, on our my portal it's ticked and i've never given my consent to that um now i don't use my i don't use my virgin hub in um in router mode and I, I've checked for the Wi-Fi network it produces and it isn't there. Of course, it is only a pilot, so not everyone's included. And I, I believe they've emailed everyone who is. Well, I've had
0: no email Although- and I'm looking at my Wi-Fi networks around me and I can only see my Wi-Fi networks and what I assume are my, my neighbour's Wi-Fi. So I don't appear to have been opted in either.
1: No, and uh, certainly in the exchange on Twitter, um, I was not given the impression that it was live yet, but it obviously will be going live. That You don't pilot something like this and then just decide not to do it, do you? It's The, it's, the pilot is a test to see how it performs. It's not a test to see whether you're going to do it or not. Um, you know, they might have to go back to the drawing board on certain aspects of it, like they might have to make it opt-in only, but actually it won't work if they do that because it relies on there being a, a nationwide network of... Uh, of connectable things but if you go to the virgin site and look at uh they've got some lists of uh where you can use it and it includes airports and stuff like that but it also lists things like the cloud which is a sky company
0: yeah but um, this is this is a weird thing because i have access to that wi-fi stuff already so at least at the moment you can use those hotspots those virgin media hotspots without letting your router do any kind of broadcasting for other people, yeah. because that has existed for a while. Virgin also released a mobile app to uh, that configures your phone to automatically join any of those networks that are around. So at least at the Wi-Fi moment... Wi-Fi Buddy,
1: I believe, the, what it was called. It's been removed now and it's been replaced by something else. Yes,
0: it's the new one that I've got, and that did ask me if I wanted to opt in to, to use Virgin Wi-Fi, which I said yes to, even though I never do because I've got loads of 4G and I use a VPN and, you know... I don't want to. Yeah. Well, let us know if you've had one of these emails because we'd love to basically hear from you. If you have, podcast at natelangson.com. Uh, you can even forward it to us if you wish so we can have a look. But obviously be uh, be careful if there's any personal information in there. We'd just love to sort of uh, get some perspective and whether somebody would actually want to do this or not or if they are already. Should be noted, if you're a BT customer and you are using BT font and you're, let- you're sharing that network... Love to hear what that experience is like. Does it prove to be a problem for you? Do you regularly find that your internet is slowing down as a result of people using it? If anything, I'd rather hear from you above all else because you're the people that's going to be able to tell other people whether it's worth them causing a stink or not about their virgin connection being shared in future. Either way, all of you, podcast at natelangston.com. Well, we are going to end on pornography. It's a very happy ending um having
1: done oh no <laughs> really
0: sorry look i've been ill <laughs> that was good though thank that you. was good thank you well um it, we're seeing an increasing war on smut in britain of course uh, and um, an amendment to the digital economy bill which uh it recently received an unopposed third reading from mps the amendment obviously that the bill's been in place for a bit uh, which means it's going to become law And it includes a new rule aimed at trying to stop children seeing pornographic content, leading sites that do not ask for age verification to be blocked. And if they don't implement the age verification for people in the UK, then they're going to get an ISP level block, we assume, which... Probably is big ISPs, we assume, which means you can beat it with a VPN. It's the same old drill, isn't it? Now, MPs have actually quizzed whether it'll be effective, given how much porn there is on social media sites, for example, as the bill's focus is tackling sites involved in the commercial provision of pornographic content. So commercial, not necessarily meaning it costs you anything, but it's their business. Whereas something like Twitter, for example, or even Snapchat and apps like that, that regularly have a lot of nudity on them, do not currently fall under that filter. And so... Where do you draw the line? I mean, Facebook's pretty brutal. You know, if even the hint of a nipple is in shots, remove, delete. Um, you know, beheadings of children, fine. But nipple, absolutely not. But that's a separate conversation. But uh, you know, even on a commercial site right now, the the best case scenario is um, they put an age verification thing in place, and then you know, a 15 year old boy, when asked by a drop down menu, "Are you 18?" clicks yes a <laughs> trick i p- personally remember being extremely effective um and uh, well, it's like the game age verification <laughs> thing isn't it are you 18 oh yes I we always are oh, and and honestly the number of times i've just said my birthday is january 1st someone somewhere is going to send me a cake yeah. on that day um, <laughs> b- because you just don't need to put in your actual birthday they only care about well, the I year know i'm over 18 exactly uh, and if there's a block then you know the same rules apply vpn change your isp use a different porn site what have you but it's um but it's difficult because at least at the moment it's going to involve a huge amount of communication between governments and in fact the uh the government's given the british board of film classification the powers to enforce these rules and, and target these sites they're the people that put the 18 and 15 certificates on uh you know videos and games and things and um and and the end result is either implement a filter on the ISP level, we assume, or the site puts uh, an age gate on, which they probably won't. Because, let's be honest, the BBFC
1: uh, has been so effective at preventing underage children from watching 18-rated movies and playing 18-rated games that, um, you know, it, I can see why the government's gone to them. And I don't have a problem with the BBFC. I think they did some really good work. Like, I think they're the way they make judgments on things is actually pretty good mm. um but I, I i have a real problem with the idea that for a start I, I you know i i understand that there are some real problems with porn but i don't think any of them is to do with uh the underage use of porn i think everything's to do with how porn you know the the, the problems with porn itself um and it's just, it, the whole thing is just it's unmanageable it's another thing that the government's w- waded into without any real understanding of what it's doing like the amount of work it's going to take to block sites on you know uh, things on twitter that aren't suitable what uh, but a- as an uh, as an example twitter already has an explicit content flag um which users may individually opt in and out of um now i assume that the people who push adult material on Twitter probably do use that flag because it's not really... It's its in their interest to sort of be as, uh, you know, rule-abiding as possible because, obviously, otherwise Twitter could shut them down. And like you say, you know, we don't know the business model behind those uh, Twitter accounts, but presumably money is being made, otherwise it wouldn't be worth doing. Um, so it's its in their interest to play by the rules. So this already exists The government could put some pressure on Twitter, I guess, to make it a little bit harder for, uh, you know, people to access that if they're not, if they haven't agreed to that. And they could maybe force Twitter to make that a mandatory decision that you make rather than allowing you to opt out or opt in, whichever. Um, They could say, you know, we're going to make this mandatory... everyone immediately and then you can go in and opt out i I wouldn't have a problem with that personally
0: i mean this this is this is two things isn't it really i mean on the one hand this is the amendment going through to the digital economy bill that says yes the bbfc will have power to go to big commercial porn sites and say hey You don't have an age gate on your website. You need to put an age gate on your website in order for people in the UK to be able to access it. If they refuse or don't or don't do it fast enough, the BBFC can tell the government and the government can then get ISPs to put a block on the ISP. Yeah,
1: they'll do it through the same mechanism through which they block the Pirate Bay or go on that court list, which is presumably massive now and we have no way to see it as far as i know
0: that's right but at the end of the day they could still do it and the, the the ultimate goal there is to just stop a child accidentally seeing porn immediately without any input but if they're seeking it out in the first place if they're typing in pornhub.com or something they're going there for a reason so an age gate is not going to stop them i don't remember it ever stopping me no. Do you remember what, what it was like to be 15 and a boy? I mean, it is, Awful. It, is extre-
1: it is an extremely unpleasant time. But I'll
0: tell you something, mate. As a little side note here, as a little side note, I am glad I was when I was because I cannot imagine what it must be like to be a teenager today. Because when I, when I was 15 and when you were 15 too... We did not have social media
1: i mean i you know I, I dread to think the sort of trouble I would have got myself in if I was fifteen and on twitter yeah you know i I barely stay above the water now when it comes to saying things I shouldn't say, and at, at fifteen, I was just the worst i, I mean i i mean most fifteen year olds are the absolute worst i so. think
0: I think so i mean I certainly feel that uh if I had to pick the single most feeling of shame that I have it's probably how i behaved as a 15 year old like i think yeah. that probably was the peak of my reprehensible behavior and times for which i would like to basically just continually apologize over and over again to my mother
1: but this is but this is not unusual to you you know this is that is what being a teenager is all about and i i have such a lot of sympathy for you know especially like you say it's a lot more difficult now um they're also swamped by a lot of mati- i mean like so you know the, the the sort of pornography that you're able to see quite easily now as a 15 year old is might be a bit overwhelming and i mean i wouldn't say i felt sorry for them on those grounds but i also think that you're 15 you don't necessarily have the understanding sort of having a, maybe that's underestimating them i i feel like it's they're given too much stuff and it is too easy but i i don't know what the answer to that is i suspect it's probably education and I suspect that parents might want to make that take their own steps within the home to try and sort of curb the use of certain kinds of porn. Having said that, it's impossible. You're wasting your time. 15-year-old boys are not in control of their own minds. They are driven insane by hormones. Probably girls as well. I mean, I grow up a girl, so I don't know, but I imagine that it's largely the same process. Um, you know, and you're... <laughs> gangly and awkward and you've no chance of actually having any real interactions with a member of you know whichever sex you find attractive so you know porn is a nice way to relieve the pressure
0: i think i think you're right but there is a, there's another side to this story which is the last thing we're going to talk about today because i thought it was related jeremy hunt now jeremy hunt is is our health secretary here in the uk and he has pr- proposed that under 18s should be prevented by social media companies from texting Sexually explicit images. Now, this this goes back to the previous conversation to do with what it must be like to be a fifteen year old on social media, um and he says, "I'll read I'll read a lot of this quote in full." I think social media companies need to step up to the plate and show us they can be the solution to the the issue of mental ill health amongst teenagers and not the cause of the problem. There is a lot of evidence that the technology industry, if they put their mind to it, can do really smart things. For example, I just asked myself the simple question as to why it is you can't prevent the texting of sexually explicit material by people under the age of 18 if that's a lock that parents choose to put on a mobile phone contract because there is technology that can identify sexually explicit pictures and prevent it being transmitted now to me this that's the end of the quote now to me this comes from a perspective of trying to do the right thing and i'll i will give them a check at least for for, for that um however it feels like he's been given some bad advice because, yes, technology does exist that can identify sexually explicit content. And it's very good and it's often used to detect child pornography and, you know, to stop it accidentally spreading onto websites where innocent people might stumble upon it. They're done using hashing and like an image fingerprint that sees it if it's spot if it's spotted, the problem is is that with a, a lot of the stuff that he's talking about sexting it's self created you know it's people it's kids taking photos of themselves naked or doing whatever and sending it to somebody else and so there's no existing fingerprint for that image to be compared against and identified and then if you are using a some kind of image analysis tool, which is both expensive and time consuming um and processing power heavy if you're a company like snapchat let's say then it's going to flag so many false positives because, you know, I, I imagine that I don't know what's the nicest Let's, way of putting this. A,
1: I mean, the, the biggest problem here is that a, a, an algorithm doesn't know if someone's 15 or 16 or 25, does it?
0: No, but, but the other thing is that body parts can look like other body parts quite easily. I mean, you could, you know, if you take a very close up picture of your elbow. Of your el- uh, yes, exactly. It can look like an arse. Um, I've seen flowers that look like genitals. Um, Jeremy's hot face looks a bit like an arse. And I've taken at least one photograph of myself with my grandma um, with a. I t- <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this. With a chip shop sausage. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, I was sending the photo to my brother out of amusement. There's nothing sexual about it. But I'll tell you something. If you close your eyes or have bad vision and wondered what that picture was of, um, you could probably at least guess you might want it on your screen. But it is wholly amusing and savoury. In fact, the sausage was extremely savoury. <laughs> You you should put that that image in the show notes if you don't mind. But the fact is, um, this is just really difficult to do, but it does underscore the issue that can social media companies um, do more to at least help kids um, not put themselves in the problem of uh, uh, putting content out there that they shouldn't.
1: Part of the world is about making mistakes and learning from them. Um, Part of it is about good parenting and and really good sex education, which is extremely rare. Um, You know, if you if you are able to sit your child down when you know when you feel like they're ready and get through that mortifying conversation that all parents dread from the moment the baby appears in the first place um then that's really all you can do as a parent you know you you have to be like you know listen if you if you do this you're you've got to be prepared for the fact that your images might be shown to people's friends uh you know it, it's not necessary you don't have to i mean I, i'm aware that it, people want to express themselves in a variety of different means and sexting is a is a big thing. Obviously, again, came along, you know, well after it was any use to me. Um, but you're not going to stop it. You can't detect it. Those chats are encrypted. You'd be better off spending the money on educating people. And the fact is that they don't do it. And Jeremy Hunt is a man who is responsible for the, you know, the a drastic crisis in the nhs and the nhs could be a hugely important part of educating people in their sexuality and and how to stay safe you know that could be a hugely important thing and it could be part of schooling as well and it should be part of absolutely everything
0: really well let us know what you think to this and uh, and if there are any tactics you think could be used by other parents listening who may have 15 year old sons and daughters um who may well be doing this let us know podcast at nateslikeson.com We're getting to the end of the show, uh, but what has Tom Merritt of Daily Tech News Show thought significant enough globally to explore over the last five days? Tom. Hello, Nate. This week on DTNS, we talked with Amy Webb about how to properly forecast the future of tech by spotting trends, not trendiness took a dive into explaining the advantages and disadvantages of zero rating and how that's perceived in different parts of the world, tried to design the perfect online TV service, figured out that the future of wearables is fitness and apps, and finished up with Lamar Wilson's take on the Game Awards. All that and a bushel or two more of news and insight at dailytechnewsshow.com. Well, that leaves us only to remind you, please, 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 please complete a listener survey. It is so important and it will mean the world to us, uh, particularly next year as we think about how we can develop the show and, and make it even better for you. The survey link is in the description of this uh, of this podcast. You hopefully should be able to click on that in your app. But if not, go to natelangston.com slash podcast. Find this episode, episode 77. There'll be a link in there. There won't be a link on Twitter. So um, we'd be enormously grateful. But on that note, we will see you, hopefully, next week. Hi, I'm Dory Shafrier, And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families.